This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We're expecting them to join us tomorrow morning and I'll assess it then and decide whether they're they're involved or not. We've got their numbers of what they've been doing um, each day. um, you know that gets sent straight to our our performance department and passed on to the coaches. So uh, they're in a good place physically, which is what we we need to know really. Welcome to the My Own Man Said podcast. It is something for the weekend time as we dive headfirst into Villa's weekend, which sees them play at Villa Park against Everton in a uh, it's the fun time slot. Mr. Bud, who uh, joins me, it's that hello, hello early evening where it gives you a little bit more time for a couple more beers. A bit more on the piss, my lord. Times to the atmosphere normally. Should if, do. Uh, yeah, it should do. If the previous that Friday night game against Everton is anything to go by. Yeah, that was a belter, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I, that's where I'm seeing this game. Actually, it's uh, the first time. Well, we'll get to it, but first time potentially we will have a full strength team this season, and you've got that kind of early evening uh, kickoff slot. It'll feel like the first game of the season in many respects. So hopefully, the atmosphere will uh, meet that. Anyway, something for the weekend. It's where we catch up uh, on uh, our last uh, main show, which was one six two to uh, see what the ramifications of uh, Dean Smith's pre-match press conference was. So if you're listening to the show, this isn't the full podcast. You can get that by listening to the show that popped up uh, before this one on the whatever podcast app that you're listening to. We like to start off the show by uh, getting us bang up to speed with a Villa Minute. Right, are you ready? I am ready. Let's uh, get the stopwatch on the go then. Three, two, one, go. Villa travel to Chelsea with a change of shape. Three at the back returns for the first time since early 2020 as Twanzebe joins the returning Konza and Mings. Despite going 1-0 down early, Villa's first half performance is superb. The only thing lacking, the ball in the Chelsea net. Villa miss a hatful of chances before a defensive error gives Chelsea a second, which kills the game as a contest. Another defensive error again hands Chelsea the third and victory, with Romelu Lukaku finally bagging goals to break his Stamford Bridge duck. Villa ultimately pay the price for not taking their chances as Chelsea are as clinical as Champions League winners should be. Unfortunately, news comes out after the game that footage of a Chelsea fan emerges throwing sectarian abuse at the way of Super John McGinn. Chelsea will now face investigation for this. It's announced the pair of Emmys, Buendia and Martinez, will not arrive back into the UK until the morning of the Everton game, potentially giving Smith another selection dilemma when he was hoping to pick his strongest first 11. For the first time this season in what will be a real litmus test for Smith's new look side against Rafa's men. Ooh, spanner in the works, that uh, 
news that uh, actually popped up the day before uh, Smith uh, confirmed it in the press conference about the Argentinian uh, situation. Uh, before we get on to that, I uh, just want to give a shout out to Free Trade, the commission-free trading app that makes it easy for you to buy shares. If you want to uh, help build your long-term wealth and download the app and you will get a free share between the value of £3 and £200. Don't forget, as with all investments, your capital is at risk. But go to freetrade.io slash moms, M-O-M-S, for more details there and get a free share on us. Right, uh, top of the press conference, the the main thing, I mean, it's always injuries, but uh, injury-free, apart from uh, Carney Chukmueka uh, won't make the team as he hasn't trade all week, nor has Jaden Philogene Bidas, which suggests they're uh, hopefully both uh, back on the mend in terms of uh, the next few weeks. You would hope so, yeah. They both picked up knocks, didn't they, on international duty with their age group sides. Yeah, but the main thing is, and uh, you know, we we both kind of tutted at this when we when we heard this. Uh, I think it was on yeah. Thursday when the news first broke. The fact that uh, Buendia and Martinez are touch and go because they're actually arriving in to the UK on the day of the game. Pathetic guys. That I mean, this compromise and. Uh, you know, you'd look at one point of view and you think, well, you know, Villa have got Perslow in charge here, and he's, he's no he's no schmuck. So, so this compromise was made. I mean, just refresh your memories. Originally, uh, Buendia and uh, Martinez were looking to go to uh, a red list COVID zone, i.e., Argentina, to play three World Cup qualifiers, which they're having to cram in three instead of two because of uh, you know COVID depleting uh, the World Cup qualifier calendar over there in recent, uh, well, in the last year. So uh, the Premier League basically said no to uh, players going so that would that gave that gave most managers an excuse to say you know yeah yeah we're not releasing any players but Villa uh, after hearing from Buendia and Martinez saying they wanted to travel you know they wanted to join their international team and play in empty stadiums took you know it, it's like the uh, the good natured approach well you know you want it's, it's, this isn't like club versus country this is going there causes a lot of complications to go it's like sometimes it's better to nip it in the bud and play hardball and say look guys you know we're taking a risk here most players aren't going you understand the circumstances you know you've been involved in a pandemic and that's the situation it's not uh, club versus country so they came to a compromise and this is Villa being very noble saying uh, yep you can go if you don't go if you don't play that third game you can come back and uh, you'll miss one game but we'll take that on the chin when I saw that, I wasn't I wasn't that happy with that compromise. I mean, they've got got Mings, Captain Mings, to tweet to support it. But three things have have reared their head since that compromise, which I, I think beggars belief. The whole situation is farcical, as far as I'm concerned. Number one is the Argentinian coach Lionel Scaloni saying. Uh, We've given the list of uh, the three matches, and there's no doubt about it. The players are here for those three matches. So he was poo-pooing uh, this this Villa compromise. Number two, nobody seems to have checked the Brazilian quarantine laws that required a 14-day period before you know if you were visiting from the UK. Nobody, you know, surely this was checked before that compromise. And number three, you know, weeks later. We suddenly have this situation, which Villa would have known, a logistic situation where to avoid that quarantine period in a ho- government hotel. They went to a green 
list country in Croatia where they've continued to train and, uh, you know, they return there. But they return on Saturday morning. I mean, I mean, if I'm brokering this compromise, I want them back. You want them back Friday morning at the latest, really. Yeah, you, at the you latest. You at least want one session to bed them in tactically. So who's naive here? Has this been a shifting uh, situation since that compromise? I wonder and, if it's uh, all parties have just not played this one very well. I'm going to treat all parties equally on this one. I'm not going to throw Villa under the bus or the players or their FAs. I think no, I don't think anybody's come out of this looking particularly clever. Yeah, I mean, you know, my thought when you looked at the lay of the land, you thought, "Oh, this is a dicey situation." And you know, I'm talking from a point of view of you're paying those players, you've paid big transfer fees for those players. You understand they want to play for their international countries, but at the same time, the best needs of the club safety first everything's been lined up so you you don't have to be the bad guy the premier league have said no i'd just play hardball and say look lads difficult situation this uh you know bearing in mind we've let douglas louise go for the olympics so we're not like uh there's no track record of us being arseholes here it's pretty reasonable to say yeah yeah, you just play with a straight back don't you yeah and that's you know that's been a this isn't the hindsight thing this is what we've been saying from uh, day dot on this situation but i think uh, i mean perslow's uh you know, came out uh, about 10 days ago and said the whole thing's a mess and uh, they thought they'd reached an amicable situation. And I think that maybe that Brazilian situation... uh, Yeah, it's probably screwed Villa slightly. Probably cost them a day on that quarantine, maybe. That's why we're seeing these players, you know, arrive on the day, on, you know, on Saturday, on the day of the game. Uh, It's funny that this didn't come out earlier on rather than, you know, actually the day before. I mean, you would think, I don't know what the flight time is, but it's, you know, you'd want them in the country as early as possible. You'd have, you know, get them, get them to Bodymore Heath. They might even have to do a tactic, a, a walkthrough session on Saturday morning now to get them up to speed tactically, which they do sometimes do for later kickoffs anyway. Yeah, I think, the, I mean, common sense, you would think, yeah, Martinez should be able to play. In, but you, I don't, yeah. I, you, you can't see Buendia starting just because I think an outfield player needs to be a little bit sharper yeah. in terms of the, either the defensive unit and with the ball. And you, you don't know to what degree their workload. And you've also got that. prep. Uh, you know, special. Yeah. T- I keep calling it special, special teams. teams, but it's set piece prep and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it- and it's his individual. It's his individual tactics. If he was indeed due to start, I mean, the way Ramsey played, to be honest, at Chelsea, there was no guarantee. If, if Bailey's fit, you'd think, oh, do you know what? Against Everton, start Bailey, put Buendia on the bench. It potentially works out better anyway. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, he he his selection was still up for grabs. So uh, you can see him starting from the bench. But uh, the overall uh, situation is a bit of a you know bit of a, a sham. I mean. Just to clear up something, because I mean, when I you know said something about this on social media, going back a few weeks, there was one train of thought where supporters were going, "Oh well, you know, you got to keep them happy so they stay at Villa, and uh, you know, uh, you know, they could be playing for anybody." Uh, it's like this is a bit small time mentality. It's like they're here because we want to go somewhere, and the problem is, the less games Villa win, the quicker good players leave the club. Yeah. And, you know, this is the whole premise of the Jack Grealish situation. It doesn't matter what PR spin there is. I mean, Martinez was, you know, mentioned, oh, I could, you know, I've had interest from Champions League teams, blah, 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 but this team has set me up. But we've heard, you know, my my team, my city, my club, we've, we've heard the PR spin that players put out and they're not doing it, you know, facetiously. It's just at the time, you know, they're saying it because that's how they feel. But, uh, you know, it keeps supporters happy. But if Villa don't get into Europe, Martinez 100% goes to a Champions League club. 100%. You, you would think, yeah. 
you would think don't you know don't be don't be naive but the thing is you know Villa's chances of getting in this is catch 22 Villa's chances of getting into Europe diminish if he's not playing if he's missing games because of long quarantine periods then suddenly we're setting ourselves up for a fall here that's why if he does get pissed off because he's not playing for Argentina well at least you know as long as he's playing well for Villa and we qualify for Europe, and he's playing in you know playing in Europe for uh, Villa. Then he's less likely to leave than if uh, if he goes off and he's in long quarantine, and suddenly he's not getting you know he's not as fit and uh, he's missing games, and Villa suffer as a consequence. And then he's thinking, right, let's get out of here. I mean, look at Grealish. In the season he leaves, most of us didn't know this at the time, but there was a contract clause that says if Villa don't get in the Champions League, then he's you know he's triggered. He can go elsewhere if we're offering. Uh, if we're offered 100 mil. Now, what are our chances of qualifying? This is a key player. What are our chances of qualifying for the Champions League if he misses a third of the season, which he did? Uh, not highly really unlikely you were going to get top four, even with him. But without him, I mean, we may have got into Europe. I think we were 12 points shy. We needed four wins. Mm-hmm. I think most Villa fans who supported Grealish uh, would say that he would probably give us those four wins in that third of the season he missed. So uh, It has certainly got you closer. Suddenly changes the landscape. So if the player isn't on the pitch helping a club match their own personal ambition, it only ends on one way they leave. It's there's you know the loyalty and all that kind of bollocks goes out the window. So this is something I think the best play henceforth. And you know Jurgen Klopp's come out and said similar things. Is you got, you've got to play what's best for the club here, one hundred percent, because ultimately it bites you in the ass whichever way you go. So uh, you need those players available. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens because uh, there's an international break around the corner in October, and uh, the situation needs sorting out now. Not uh, yeah, not the day you know, before, with, with a week to go. Or picture the scene: all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Or whatever. But in terms of, uh, as you said at the end of the Villa Minute, this is an intriguing game because Very of... Much so. I mean, and, and and I say that with if Martinez is playing out of the, you know, at least him. Yeah. Because Everton have started the season as they did last season uh, in, in decent form. Although, have they really played anybody? Not big side. Not, not, you know, they're really, they're really big teams. I think they've, um, you know, obviously they've, they've had some good results against teams they would probably expect to beat. But I think, you know, having done... Uh, I mean, done Talksport this week. The the, the lad here, uh, from Everton who sort of spoke said we haven't really played anyone big. This is their first real test away. At, you know, aside they've obviously not won at Villa Park in a couple of occasions, and our, our record since obviously we've been promoted has actually been quite good against Everton. They've kind of been one of our better teams to play against. We haven't lost yet. Um, yeah, is it two wins, yeah, two draws, two wins, two draws? Yeah, of which to be honest, those especially one of the draws we should have won as well, Mister El Ghazi. Everton have beaten Brighton, drawn against Leeds beat Southampton and beat Burnley so uh, yeah he's probably right there the the most difficult game away at Leeds they, they didn't win so they, mm. they drew so, so it's, a, it's, right. a good, uh, it's a good matchup for both sides obviously they were quite even last year you'd expect them to probably be reasonably close this season it's, it's certainly the big we said it on previous pods that this will be the first of the litmus tests for Villa in terms of right how does Smith want to set his team up when everyone's fit which you know a couple of the kids are out but generally even if Buendia's on the bench he's in that match day squad how does he want to line this team up how is he going to 
Now, will he start with Ings and Watkins? Will he start with Ings, Watkins and Bailey? We, we don't know the shape. We don't know the, the patterns of play. So this will, this will be the one where we get the first glimpse of, right, this is sort of Dean Smith, Villa Mark II post-Grealish. And what kind of levels were at? I mean, you yeah. could make an argument. We had an easy start and uh, unlike Everton, we didn't take advantage no, of that. No, no. But... I mean, I'm happy to mitigate that with the selection issues that we've had. Uh, I mean, Watford's the only one... I mean, Watford, it looks like we got caught cold. They beat us, and then since then, they've lost every game. I think they would just bang up for it, and we just weren't ready for it. It was just one of those... You always get strange results, don't you, on the first day, and I think that, that might have been it. As we said, I, always, I also felt that we needed two more weeks pre-season because yep. we had seismic changes still yep. key men out and uh, you know people say of course you know uh, you're always going to be missing uh, players and you can't just use that as an excuse but I think this is you know we started the season with a lot of people out mm-hmm. people uh, you know in the Olympics and then uh, against Brentford uh, we knew we were men down but we still you know you thought well it's going to be tough because they're bang up for it but then when you got there and two players are out with COVID and Mings is out injured that's half you've potential strongest first 11 and you're thinking well if they're bang up for it I think we were lucky that they were happy with the point yes um I think yeah obviously because you know we've gone to Chelsea and we put in a really good performance the the result didn't reflect the the way the game went but Villa will have learned a couple of harsh lessons but I think Smith will have been really glad post Chelsea to to take those lessons from the previous games probably had very little prep time before that match to go actually right now we can go into Everton with a full week's training and actually start to implement the things I want to do in terms of patterns of play, shape, be it you know, defensively attacking, etc. It would have been a really important week for Smith, sort of moving forward into the next se- you know, section of the season. Yeah, because I think you know, I think it doesn't look good on paper three 0 against Chelsea, but I think there's definitely it, he would have been buoyed by a few things he, he saw there. Yeah. Uh, from a from an Everton point of view, uh, no Calvert Lewin is that one hundred percent? I believe so. I believe so. I think he was. Uh, yeah, he didn't. He didn't play in. Uh, in the last game, did I think? I think he's out for a couple of weeks. He might be out for longer, to be honest. Yeah, which is a which is a plus. He's a good player. I like him. Rodriguez. Uh, he's a bit of a question mark, isn't he? Still being frozen out by Rafa. Uh, I mean, I think we said that you'd expect him to play well the first few games when he came to Everton, and then because it's one of those, like you know, I liked him. Go back a few years, thought he was a great player. If you said, oh, he could play for Villa at one stage, you'd think, oh, yeah, 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 definitely. A few years ago, but then fast forward to the current day, you're thinking, yeah, you'll get a tune out of him for the first few games where it's all new and fresh and exciting for him. But then uh, potentially where he just finds his bearings and works out where he's actually living and all that kind of stuff, it might. Uh, yeah, and the, the road, and the glamour goes, and the sort of the high. The road is consistency. Yeah. I mean, this is my only uh, word of caution on Bailey: is uh, let's see how he is after three months, and see if his consistency and enthusiasm is there. I mean, he hasn't really uh, had a chance to really start a game yet. No, it's, it's, he's one of the ones, if if not the one of the new signings, that we are just going to have to give a bit of time. You know, people like Ashley Young, you know you slot them in, they know about the club, they know the league, etc. Bailey is slightly different, you know, both physically, mentally and from a footballing side. It's, it's getting him acclimatised to playing A with Villa and, and B in the, in the Premier League, which will be different to the, the Bundesliga. But also it's interesting where he slots in uh, position-wise yeah. because if Smith... It, it's, it's a bit of a... I mean, I said catch-22. This is another catch-22 where... If you play that three centre backs, then you're obviously going for the wing back option, and which uh, kind of takes him out of the equation. But at the same time, if you play in that calibre of team and let's say the top four, and that is the formation you're playing, 
against them, you would also, uh, on the other hand, rationalise him as a decent option to get them on the counter because if we'd be soaking up much of the play, I mean, we didn't against Chelsea in that first half. We actually took the game to them. But you would see uh, Bailey on the break with his pace as a as a useful weapon on the counter against them. So it is a bit of a tricky one. And the way, unfortunately, the way Everton play, Everton are really good on the break at the moment. So Villa are going to have to find a way to, to sort of play through them. So you wonder if it's maybe the game for Bailey early on or if actually it's more of a Buendia kind of game where you need someone who can pick the you know, pick that pass to break a, a, a stubborn defence down. It's, that'll be a hard one to gauge, or whether Villa might you know, either take the, the game by the scruff of the neck, or if it will be two sort of cagey sides. Because that game at Villa Park towards the end of last season was bloody awful, wasn't it? It was probably one of the worst games of football we saw all year. Yeah, as we said at the top of the show, the Buendia starting uh, big, big question mark about that. You know, you'd expect Martinez just because of his position. If if they are ro- rocking and rolling up to uh, the UK on the day of the game, I mean, one benefit is that 5.30 kickoff. It gives you an extra couple of hours, which uh, pro- probably crucial in potentially uh, selecting it, it allows you to do a morning session, doesn't it? A really light defensive sort of walkthrough of certain certain things. Yeah. And it Hopefully also means they, you can do your prep work, obviously on you know the day before the game with Steer, but under the premise that well Martinez will be back and will play, and you've been able to you know any any team meeting etc. They'll have been able to have them on Zoom from Croatia etc. Anyway, that's you know, the other yeah. wonders of modern technology. So they won't be that out of the loop. It's just making sure they're actually mentally sharp to just slot in and play yeah just uh, on the stats i mean we, we mentioned our recent form which has been pretty good since we've been promoting ag- against them uh, yeah. two wins two draws before that w- it was a bit shocking wasn't it, yeah, it was uh, before poor. we got relegated it was we won once in the last uh, 11 attempts 11 games which and you know we took some beatings as well there's a four nils in there three nils in there which normally uh, because it is as they always say the most contested league game uh, in the history of football this will be the 207th encounter and it's very even isn't it I mean, after all those games you'd think there'd be somebody out in front but actually it's still is it 224 in all competitions 82 wins each yeah this is a decider 60 draws <laughs> there's been quite a lot of draws recently i mean it's, it's always a a reasonable bet for a draw of Villa Everton, yeah. I, I would I would venture. Yeah. Smith made a reference to uh, where we are as a club in terms of, you know, once you get promoted, you, you know, your remit, this is his quote, when we got promoted, our remit was to stay up. Then we've progressed from 17th to 11th. The next step is the hardest because you have to pass established Premier League teams. Some of those teams have been top four teams in the last decade. Your Arsenal's, Tottenham's, Everton come into that category as well so Everton are a yardstick you, you, you got to finish above them really if you're Aston Villa in terms of uh, if you do then you're probably in the top half and, and obviously if you're wanting to push on and achieve things you know you, you're looking at sort of West Ham you know, you're looking to you, I mean you want to be finishing above Arsenal you don't know how their season is going to be but Arsenal, Tottenham, Everton, West Ham those clubs Leicester maybe a little bit too far to rein in at the moment but you never know but the, I mean, the interesting thing is, you look back at last season, and you know, you, we've, you've just mentioned Everton there. What was our record against Everton? One, one, drew one. Arsenal, another one, team one, you want to finish out. Yeah, one and both. Uh, you know, Chelsea, one, one, drawn one. Our problem last season, where we, uh, in terms of where we finished, was the bottom six teams. We yeah. just couldn't beat regularly. Throwing games away against teams you should be you know, winning. That's what I like. Even against Chelsea, the way we play, we're competitive against any decent team. It's just you've got to have that killer instinct against the uh, what you'd regard as teams you you really should be beating. Yeah, and I think that will transform us if we improve our record against the bottom six. Yeah, yeah, I think so. What's the key stat to this game? 
Well, it's mad, actually, that you know, Rafa, obviously, now at Everton, has only lost one of his 17 games against Villa in all competitions. Obviously, you know, when he was at Liverpool, he had a very good side. And he's Newcastle. actually never, he's never, he's never lost at Villa Park. That is crazy. Which And it's not something I... Uh, I almost need somebody to give me the list of fixtures because it's, it's one of those things you don't actually quite believe. I mean, considering Mourinho went for years without yeah, managing to yeah. win at Villa Park. With a very good side as well. Yeah, with a very good... I mean, we, we managed to be their bogey team for some reason, but for Rafa to uh, only lose one... In, well, actually, never lost uh, in nine games at Villa Park yeah. is uh, pretty astounding. That's good that he's due one then. Yeah, and... We need uh, to put another stat to bed. <laughs> Preferably one that goes our way. No, exactly. Right, uh, before we uh, nip off, just a quick burning question... Nick Jesse, uh, one of the listeners, says, "Would you give up top six to win a trophy this season?" Would Chris I give Bird, up top six to win a trophy this season. If that meant we could finish seventh and and win a trophy, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, that is. I mean, let's say uh, top six is Europe, but also respect and progress, isn't it? Yeah, big, and big you progress. Get to, get to keep your players and all that, yep. kind of stuff. Versus winning a trophy, it gets you into Europe. If Europe is the goal and it gets you into Europe, then I'll take the cup and a seven points finish. Thanks very much. I'd take the FA Cup and I'd even consider getting relegated <laughs> as a sacrifice. You're just, you're just treating it like collectibles, though. You just want to fill the set. Yeah, then I'm done and dusted. You? Then you're going to cash out. Completed the set. Now I can run off and support Manchester City because they need help filling their seats. They do, yeah. They're giving them away, aren't they? <laughs> They'll pay you, actually, apparently. Yeah, I've heard that. Paying influencers, aren't they? That's a story that's been going for years. They've paid influencers to turn up at that ground. And even Pep has come out and said, can you please come and support our football team? It's not the first time... uh I've heard that story, but yeah, I, I would I would take the trophy uh, because you know you can have finished sixth the next six seasons. I suppose it guarantees you some kind of that Europa League type thing. But if you're winning trophies, that's uh, that's how you, you define, measure the you def- success. Yeah, you, you define yeah. your club by your honours board, don't you? Really? And let's face it, this club needs a trophy. It's been <sighs> okay, too no, long. Wrong. Right on that note, as we uh, take hopefully another step towards a trophy. <laughs> against Everton and continue our unbeaten run against them since we've been promoted back yeah. and end Rafa's uh, fabulous unbeaten record at Villa Park. You've set this one up beautifully. <laughs> yeah. Now just fulfil it, boys. It's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.